welcome to Tea and K-Drama here on the Tea and Gauntlets Network, a show where two best friends sit down and watch K-Dramas. We laugh, drink tea, and most of the time, you'll have the characters we love to hate. Let's get into the good stuff. Hey, Kat. Hey, Rachel. How's it going? It's pretty solid. Excited to have tea in front of me and ready to chat about episode seven. Really ready. How about you? Yes, I am so excited to talk about episode seven because it is it is a fun one. And uh, just bear with me. I'm a little under the weather, so I have a bit of a stuffy nose. So if my voice sounds odd. Literally again. Yeah. So I kind of went Jumpyo style and I got a chill. And so I got a stuffy nose. So I've been a little a little sick for like the last three days. Rachel, you're you're so delicate. <laughs> you're just like Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> hey. What what uh, well except for except for all of the all of the extreme entitlement. Um <laughs> Thank what, you. Uh, and, and also like in every other respect except your health. <laughs> um what uh what tea are you drinking today? I hope it's a healthy one. Again, Maicha, I believe is how you pronounce it. It is that toasted brown rice green tea that I really like. It's a little nice. bit savory. Yeah. It's perfection. It doesn't need any sweetener. Definitely does not need milk. It is my solid go-to. And every time, honestly, every time we go to, go, blah, 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 we go to get sushi, I order that to have with it on the side. Nice. I am drinking English breakfast, caffeinated at 8 o'clock at night with milk and sugar because I'm a monster. That is all. Do you use regular sugar or do you ever use honey? I mostly use regular sugar. If I'm doing milk and sugar, I use regular sugar. If I'm doing, if I want to sweeten something that I don't want to put sugar in, I do usually do honey. Solid. Like if I'm putting honey in like jasmine, I would put honey in jasmine tea, maybe if I felt like it or no honey. Let's see. What else do I do? When I'm sick, I like to make a, I like to get a kind of a green tea base or I'll do like an herbal tea, but I prefer green tea. And then I'll get some fresh ginger and chop it up, like a good amount of fresh ginger and chop it up and put it in there. And honey and fresh lemon juice. And that's really good um, mm. for when you're, especially like when your throat is sore. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely Solid honey for stuff. that. No sugar. Definitely honey for that and no sugar. Yeah. Solid. Well, I am appreciative and also slightly insulted that I was referred to as Jim Pio's twin. <laughs> But I, I appreciate that you, you clarified it was just for the health issues. But speaking of Jim Pio's other issues, let's dive into episode seven. <laughs> oh boy, this is a this is a good one for Gu Jun Pio's issues. It could be retitled that. <laughs> For real. So the way the episode starts off is uh Gunjup uh wow, my brain. The way the episode starts off is Jumpyo is on the verge of having John D and Jihu kicked out of school. And the episode kicks off with John D literally hunting down Jumpyo to talk to him and he is running away from her like she has cooties. It's hilarious. Yeah, it was uh, it was really interesting because everything ended on like such a cold, you know, kind of harsh note in his you know disavowal of the two of them and uh and i want i was really curious as to how things were going to uh shift because you kind of you know that they have to in order for the story to really continue and and so i thought it was really smart what they did and so the writers just you they just shifted the tone to humor so she so john d uh you know kind of makes eye contact with him a few times 
throughout the day and he just totally you know cold shoulders her and then she tries to get him uh she tries to talk to him as he gets into the into his car because of course he he has a driver uh to go to school and and he ignores her again and she jumps on her bike and chases him home and gets there before him and uh and and yeah and she just she runs around after him and it was a it it was cute it was funny um but yeah they they shifted the tone to humor and so that made it like much more accessible i think and much more uh it, it allowed for more of a possibility for that shift to happen as opposed to the really like stark betrayal where we kind of left things off yeah they switched up from being grim and that heavy seriousness to almost childish playing like they're playing tag almost with that and then we get kicked into another gear when a new character comes along which is junpyo's sister junhee also known as nuna who is might i say one of the most badass characters in this show i love her she was so great and it's so funny because we don't know who she is at first oh man and and then gu junpyo ends up getting in the car himself and like driving all like racing out of his driveway to get away from John D. And then this this beautiful sports car like rolls up in front of her and with this like kick-ass girl and she's like, you wanted to follow him, right? Get in. And John D's like, um, okay. And so then they just like chase after him. It was great. It was delightful. And then she gets out of the car having beaten Junpyo with this little like street racer doing. Gets out of the car in front of him because he has to stop because she's blocking him. She He gets out. She gets out. And she like whacks him with a sheathed sword. And is like, I told you not to treat girls this way. I know. It was like a practice katana or something. She's just whacking him with it. <laughs> <laughs> she's hardcore. It was great. So Junhee, bless her, she thwarts Junpyo's intentions to expel John D and Jihoo. He goes into the principal's office, is like, kick them out or I'll get a new principal. Junhee shows up, is like, ha no. And then she puts Junpyo to the challenge of can he accept, no matter the outcome, these three challenges that are going to be placed before him that are determined by these three balls pulled out of a pile by Jihoo, John D, and Junpyo. And the, d- the determination of who wins two out of three of these races will be either uh, between Jihoo and Junpyo will be either the expelling of Jihoo and Jandi from the school or Junpyo having to accept that they will stay in the school and continue to go there. So it is really a test of his character this whole episode. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Uh, so he is definitely very reluctant, but um, somehow it, it gets put to the point where everybody gets to vote on whether this is how we're going to sort of resolve this issue. And everybody, meaning uh, all of F4 and Jandi and and the sister, Junhee. Junhee voted, right? Or did she abstain? Well, it doesn't matter. I don't think she voted. Uh, I believe she's sort of like the chairman of this. She's the moderator. She's the moderator, the chairman of these meetings to get all this sorted out. I believe all of F4 plus John D voted and John D was very much for this endeavor. And and it was interesting because I think it was was John D who was asking uh, Junhee, she was like, why are you, like, why are you helping me? You don't even know me. And I thought, I thought that this is a really important moment. Junhee says, growing up, like the children of billionaires, you know, like my mother does not think that we should have friends. 
And it's it's very hard to have friends in the kind of position that we're in, true friends. She's like, it's a miracle that he has F4 and she really wants him to continue to have those friendships. And she can tell that his relationship with John D is also that there's a real like genuine thing there. And so she she's just she's really just looking out for her brother and she wants him to maintain these friendship and she, these uh friendships and these relationships and uh and she's yeah she's just being like a really good big sister because she's all she also grew up in this household and knows you know how crazy and how intense and how hard it is and um and so i thought that that was that was really sweet and and gives us a little more understanding for why she's going to all of this effort yeah she really shows up in a big way with this where she is really the driving force behind a lot of what's happening and it's funny because earlier in episodes they had mentioned that Junpyo only saw his family one month out of the year but from seeing her arriving in this she seems much more of having a relationship with him very big sister characterizations of how she they interact uh, how she interacts That's with him point. which surprised me because I thought she'd be more estranged as she only saw them once a month but she she shows up and she really takes him to task as only a big sister can do so the first challenge that they must accomplish Junpo and Jihu, mano a mano, is a horse race. And at first I thought it was just a, a lap around the horse track, but then they go out of the horse track. Yeah, I don't go, know what that was about. Yeah, they go free wheeling amongst nature. And the horse race starts off a little bit. Junpyo is trying out a difficult horse. Jihu is t- looking at a horse but he doesn't feel the need to ride it. He's pretty calm and confident that he's he's got this in lockdown. However, the twist of fate, Jihu loses because Junpyo, I think he cheats in a way. He takes a shortcut. It seems like that was dangerous because of a cliff of some sort. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I think he took a shortcut. Yeah. So just to be clear, everybody agreed. Uh, so the challenges were randomly chosen and they were all uh, um, activities that the boys had at, at no, 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 no. What she said, what she said was, is that some of these activities, like one of you is better at than the other. Some of them, like you don't know how to do it all or something. I don't know. Anyway, they were very, they were very across the board, very random. And uh, when horse racing got pulled, they all kind of agreed that Juhi um, is just like, he's always been the best horseback rider. So everybody was kind of expecting him to win, like with no question. And and so that is, yeah, kind of what motivated Junpyo to, uh, I don't think he cheated necessarily. I don't think, I'm not sure that it would be considered cheating. You're, I think you're correct because there was no stipulation of like, oh, you have to take certain routes. Yeah. Not that we saw, at least. That's truth. So perhaps not cheating, but he did have that moment during the race where he thought to himself that this horse is not going to last, but he chose the difficult short path. And yeah. at the end of the race, he won, but he learns from the veterinarian that the horse he rode will never race again because it he broke it. Yeah, he, he broke the horse. Um, he, yeah, so he, he, he injured the, the horse uh, fairly severely, unfortunately. So that was... Yeah, so that was a little that was a little dark. Uh, we definitely saw his his. Uh, I mean, on one hand, we got to see like how much this matters to him, but on the other hand, it was at the expense of another living being. And also, like, what is it that he's fighting for, really? To be able to expel his best friend and his girlfriend from a school and 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 sit in his pride and like never have to see them again. Like, he's not really fighting for anything that we like 
that we can really get behind for him. You know, he just like wants to win. Yeah. And his sister, she comes up to his side when he's looking at the horse and receiving the news that the horse, its racing days are over forever. She has this biting comment to him of you won the game, but you lost the race. So that what he was supposed to, I guess, garner through all these lessons or all these challenges, she's teaching these lessons to him and he's not getting it. So with this first one, he sacrificed the horse in order to win but the true purpose of their ways sounds like he he missed the point yeah so that was the first challenge and again all these challenges they have to accept them no matter how difficult if they have skill no skill whatever the outcome is gentlemen's agreement they will accept the results the next is a car race and this brought up something for jihu which i i don't know if i'd forgotten or maybe we just didn't know but that his parents had died in a car crash and he has really bad ptsd from it yeah i don't remember it may have been mentioned before but i don't think that they went in really deep about it it definitely wasn't like a it was never a plot point previously and so we may just not really uh recall so that was really rough for him because he although he apparently has his driver's license because he so young actually really helped walk him through it because he didn't want to be he he knew that he needed to have a license at the very least um he does not drive like he does everything that he can not to get into the driver's seat of a vehicle um let alone a race car on a racetrack so that was that was definitely everybody knew that that was going to be a seriously tough uh win for him but he lost the first challenge and there are three challenges so if he abstains from this one then it just goes to Gujun Pyo and he can't protect John D, which is his driving motivation. So he knew that he had to figure something out. Yeah, there's a scene in this section of the episode where he's in the car and you, he's trying to put the key into the ignition and his hands are shaking so badly that he can't as they're starting to prepare for this car race because they do give them time. They do give them a few days to practice before they do the official challenge of the race. Yeah. So Junpyo is spending time on the racetrack making laps and Junpyo is over the moon. He he feels he has this on lockdown, like this is his win. Yeah. Easy peasy. It's going to be over. And multiple times, John D and Yi Jun uh, talk to Jihu and say, hey, like, please don't do this. This is not worth it. And yeah, Jihu's reply is, no, it is worth it. And I'm going to do this. And uh, what was it that uh, towards, the, towards the beginning of the race, Gael is like, please tell me you have a plan. And he's like, well... <laughs> Yeah, she goes she goes up to Jihu and she's like she's like, please tell me that you have an ace up your sleeve or something, like something, right? Because we can't let this happen. And we can't we can't let my bestie go down. And he's like, sure, yeah, I have something. And then all of a sudden, like he realizes what his ace up the sleeve like could be because he's not a better driver than Gujum Pyo. There's no way he's going to be able to drive, you know, with the kind of like aggression and skill that he needs to, to even really be a contender in this. And so what he does is he, he grabs John D knowing that Gujum Pyo is watching and he like hugs her for a really long time and he kisses her on the forehead and she's kind of stiffening up a little bit. And he's like, he's like, this is just go with it. <laughs> and so and then he kisses her on the forehead and he kind of steps back from her and and then you know the camera pans to Gujun Pyo who's just like frothing at the mouth <laughs> he's losing it and so uh and it works 
it works. Like that's the best thing is that they are going on their race. They're in the race car and Gujin Pyo starts freaking out, have thinking about how John D, you know, probably likes Jihu better than he better than she likes him. And he and he I, I don't even know what happens. He like he stops. I mean he he hits he, the brakes and he spins out. Yeah. Because he's not I think he's not controlling his grip properly with the speeds that they're doing. And it's beautiful how Jihu put all these pieces together because he knows that the jealousy that Junpyo has is almost uncontrollable once he gets riled up into it. So I love the psychological warfare that he has begun to employ. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was great. I love that. So through through that, then Junpyo loses concentration on the racetrack, bends out, and Jihu is able to pass him and make the win for this second challenge, which was, whew, you know, bouncing out the one-on-one now. So third round, winner takes all is what it's going to be. But everyone's yeah. over the moon for how Jihu pulled it off because I think I think most people didn't believe in him. Oh, yeah. Everybody thought he was going to lose. Yeah, the, because they're all aware of his traumatic past with his folks and the car crash and that he struggles with cars. Yeah. But he he came through for it and it was uh, it was a huge victory. I do I do love, though, how the school shows up for every single one of these races. Everyone. I know, I feel like this makes no sense, but sure. Okay, the school arrives. The school <laughs> watches the, the race watches the challenges um yeah so the third challenge is a big deal for both of them because they've each won one so this is this is you know the big deal and what task gets pulled swimming and we all know Gujumpil can't swim oh it was delightful when that ball got turned around to reveal what the challenge was he immediately stands up and is like this is rigged it's rigged no you did this it- on purpose <laughs> yeah. uh, and Juhi just shuts him down is like no you agreed no matter the outcome no matter your skill level yep. you have to accept it but I, I love how Wubin and Yijan are like he's gonna die so I'll uh, Yijan's like I'll, I'll swim in his place because this is not said verbally but they all can acknowledge like Junpyo will die in this challenge because he literally can't swim so well, that I mean, he tries to he tries to kind of like back out of it at first and he tries to refuse to do it mm. but you know they all agreed that it didn't matter what the challenge was that they were you know they had to sort of accept everything that came they ended up coming up with this interesting sort of agreement where they get backups to do it for them basically so i think was it was it wubin or one of the other friends is going to be swimming for jumpyo and then because of that john d steps in which i feel like she had no real reason to i'm not really a fan of this move i think it was sort of silly but she steps in and she's like well if somebody is going to be swimming for gujum then I will swim for Jihu because I'm going to be expelled too and this is important to me and I want to fight for it. So like, okay, but also listen, they separate women's and men's Olympics for a reason, okay? So I just... You know, I'm really not sure this was the best move, but yeah. So anyway, she so she's she's gonna compete against I forget which one, Wu Bin or or Yijun. Yep. So she picks up that, and then at that moment, it's proxy versus proxy. Right. But then the conversation develops, and it becomes two versus two, where it's Yijun and Wu Bin versus Jihu and John D. Everyone's getting involved now. It's rushed up to the next level, and then everyone starts training. Yeah, I really have no idea how or why that happened, but that that is. 
That is what happened. And now everyone is swimming except Gu Junpyo and his sister. We don't know what's going to happen. We do not get to the end of this challenge in this episode. We instead end on an interesting new cliffhanger. Rachel. Which I was, oh, when they cut to the credits in the middle of that scene, I was dying inside Cat. I was like, no, know. please not here. Don't cut here. I need to know what happens next. I know so it was the- so cruel and it was so clever that they ended it like right there, like right before she responds, right before we know what she's going to say. Oh, I have so many, even now I'm just like getting ratcheted up. I have so many feels. So at the end of the episode, Jim Pyo shows up outside of Jihoo's place and then they go to a park and he embraces her and just John asks Junpyo. Yeah. Wait, did I you say it wrong he, again? You, you said he goes to Jihoo's place. He doesn't go to <laughs> Jihoo's place. He goes to John D's place. This almost became a whole other show. A whole other show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kat, thank you for having me back on that. You are correct. You. So Jun Pyo goes to John D's place. He's outside and they go to a park together and he gives her a very long embrace. And he's saying to her, like, just please once just say that you like me. And he says that a couple times to her. She doesn't respond because then they cut. <laughs> I know. I know. It was kind of, it was interesting, you know, because it showed like behind all of the tantrums that he's throwing and behind his stubbornness and behind his anger and his jealousy and his blah 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 blah, he just really likes her so much. And she has not responded to him in a way where it's clear that she's really reciprocating his affections. And that's what he really wants. He just really wants to know that she likes him too. And for her to put that into words. And she's never, you know, she's never really been able to give that to him. So it breaks through all of the stuff on the surface and goes right down to the subtext of what's really in his heart and what he, what he's really looking for. So it was a good, it was a good moment. It was a nice, it was a nice way to close it was so good mean to leave it like that without us knowing what she says <laughs> and not even expecting that conversation to happen and then it's happening and it's so exciting and then they cut it off right in the middle but you know it's fine it was great yeah it's a k-drama it's as they do they string us along and they get our emotions all like riled up and then they're like they and it. scene they do it so well i am very curious to see how that's going to go in the next episode because in the scene just before they ended it there she's at home and her family's found out that she's been cheating, well, quote unquote, cheating oh, on yeah. Jin Pyo with Ji Hoo and that she's about to get expelled. Somehow her little brother always finds out this information and drops it as a emotional bomb on the family because her parents are freaked out. Her little brother's freaked out and they're all yelling at her to apologize. Mm-hmm. And I think in unison, they yell at her, you know, apologize and they just really want her to make amends with Jin Pyo. Mm-hmm. And fascinatingly enough, the mom has a bit of a history with being a heartbreaker too, according to Jandi's dad. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. He kind of outs her. He's like, look, you have to just apologize and it'll be okay. And he's like, I have some experience with this. Which makes me so curious. Like, did Jandi's mom cheat on her dad? Or was this before they dated? Or did her, her mom have a history? Did she have a reputation? I'm so curious. Who knows? I don't know. As a whole, where would you number this episode? One to ten. One to ten. As a whole, my reaction would be a seven. That's just what I was going to say. Oh my gosh. I just decided right before you said that. <laughs> okay, tell me why. Tell me why. It's a seven for the whole. It gets ratcheted up to about like an eight or nine for that last scene. Mm. Extra, extra brownie points for that. But as a whole, there was a lot going on. 
on. It didn't lull. The story carried through very energetically, especially because with Jun Hee now in the mix, like things are moving forward story-wise. But I liked the variety of actions that were happening with the characters and how they're all getting involved with each other. People are trying to talk to each other. Like Ji Hoo tries to talk to Jun Pyo. Jun Pyo's not hearing it. And Ji Hoo's like, well, tried. But they really do get us mixed up with the characters and no one's separate. Because at the end of the last episode, everyone's like very separate in their own little camps. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that it didn't go as I expected. I mean, it did, but it didn't. Like I was hoping for conversations between John D and Jihoo and Jun Pyo. Right. But I had no idea that Jun Hee was going to come out of nowhere and just change everything up for us. Oh, yeah. Definitely a deus ex machina moment there. Yeah, I would, I would also say a seven. Like the storyline of that episode was so sort of intertwined. Like everybody was involved. We got to see everybody. And I liked that a lot. I liked Jun Hee's entrance and just her character in general. She's obviously going to be a lot of fun. I hope she, you know, kind of sticks around for a while and doesn't, you know, move to Paris or whatever. I don't know. For some reason, to me, it sort of felt like out of the ordinary. It reminded me of um, in Avatar The Last Airbender, the episode where you're kind of following Uncle Iroh and, you know, in these little vignettes. And it's like, yes, you're getting this background on these characters, but it's like, it's not really like part of the main plot. And I mean, this was part of the main plot, but maybe because of Junhee's entrance and I, when we just had no idea who she was previous to this and the fact that these challenges are just so nothing like this would happen in real life you know it's just so out of the ordinary like the way that this problem is being attacked and solved you know by the well by the writers yeah I think I think that's why it felt so sort of separate I enjoyed it a lot but it was just I don't know it felt a little unreal to me I guess and I also I didn't like some of the character traits that we were seeing in uh in Gujumpyo because I kind of like I want to like him and his reactions to uh losing you know were just really childish and well okay not only does he push his horse when he knows that he shouldn't he pushes his horse past the point of health and safety and ends up injuring it forever and throws a fit when uh when the veterinarian tells him that the horse is injured forever i mean that's bad enough right but then when he loses the car race he throws another fit he like throws his helmet on the ground and he starts like kicking the i don't know what they call that the the team members the like the roadies the that's not the right word oh his car team yeah like his car team like he kicks several of them and he's so mad and they come on it's not their fault it's his fault that was a very surprising moment because he's been mean before he's done low things but then to be outwardly like kicking people that was very uncalled for every time that we've seen him be physically violent before it's because someone has been like physically attacking john d i i think from what i remember and so it feels a lot more forgivable in those instances and now it's like whoa 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 hang on you know so it's much less likable you're right i just remember the last time we saw him hit someone is when he punched jihu Oh, wait, he did punch Jihoo. Yeah, he punched Jihoo at the end of the previous episode when Jihoo and John D were kissing. Yeah, maybe he's just a maybe he's just a physically violent person. Well, he's clearly very impulsive. He's not necessarily very emotionally intelligent, and he does not have a good grip on self-control. He doesn't have a lot of self-control. That is my that is my takeaway about Gujumpyo from this episode. 
Um, and that's why it's a seven and not higher because I'm super annoyed at Gujinpio. This kind of felt unrealistic. Although I really shouldn't judge it on those merits because this whole show is very silly, but we love it. We have to remember, Kat, that these people are the super rich and they just have immediate access to a massive racetrack. You know, just you how it goes. Are so correct. A massive racetrack, race cars, race horses, horse race track, which is probably not the same track, I would assume. And an Olympic swimming pool, one would assume we will see in the next episode. Who knows? All of the things. They have all the things. That is true. But to your point of the emotional instability of Jumpio and his reactionary habits of a very intense nature, I'm really glad that this is why they brought Junhee and because she really can get a handle on him. I think she's his big sister. Definitely. Yeah, she's graduated. She's married to the head of a hotel or something. So she really comes in as a force to rein him in and keep him from wreaking utter havoc across everyone and everything. So I'm very, very grateful that she showed up because I don't know how any of the F4 or John D could be handling Junpyo without her. Agreed. I, I can't think of a easy way to do all that without her influence. So I'm very grateful she's here, even though I swear I saw her carrying a sword two or three times in different scenes. So so if that's her MO, I love it. I'm all for it. I mean, I don't think it had a blade. It was just like a, it was like a wooden, it was like a practice sword. I feel like that's reasonable to carry around. <laughs> Rachel, you know you would carry around a wooden practice sword if you could. Absolutely. If I could, like, you know, dual swords across my back and like wear archer leathers and carry cool things, like I, I totally suit up for that. We all know you're an elf, Rachel. Oh, thanks, Kat. I got you. I'm a hobbit and you're an elf. <laughs> <laughs> I love how self-aware you are. I was like, I was going to refer to you as a, a human. I was like, no, cat's more than a human. She's... I'm hardcore hobbit. With your T and the 11Zs. Yes, absolutely. Oh, um, it's so good. Yeah. So Junhee is a blessing and she does give us that insight that Junpyo is pretty messed up in the head from his mom. But she did have a great quote, which I think encouraged John D a little bit. It was something along the lines of, friendship is important, but love is a necessity. So I like that Junhee is very grounded and she seems to be very sane for her family. You know, considering how sort of emotionally irresponsible and immature Gujun Pyo is, she really seems to, because she's not that much older than him, she really seems to have a good head on her shoulders. And I'm I'm really impressed by how creative her problem solving has been in this uh, in this situation. Yeah, and just kind of the, the wisdom that she imparts sort of here and there with everybody. And I, I'm very impressed with her and very yeah. confused as to how this family could have this child and then have Gujumpyo. They're just so different. Yeah, it's like, where did she get all this emotional intelligence and real life lessons? Because she obviously didn't get from her mom because her mom's like, they don't need friends. Yeah, her mom is an ice queen and we don't know anything about her dad yet their dad and apparently they're not supposed to have friends her mom has never encouraged friendships and is kind of annoyed that Gujinpio has f4 so uh, does she have did she have friends like how did she ever grow up to be this amazing i don't know but cat i just had a thought this is probably not true but i kind of hope it like what if Junpyo's dad is the biggest gummy bear of a human being, but because his mom is such an ice witch that he just can't really have the influence on his kids that she does? I don't know. I'm probably wrong, but I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> Do you think that they're together or like divorced or separated? Together. You think they're together? But I do wonder who runs the company. Oh, she runs the company. I think she runs the company. I agree. 
But my question is, does she run the company because she built it or because she inherited it? Inherited it, like, from him or from her parents? From her parents. Like, did their dad marry the money or is their dad money that married money? Or did their dad run the company and just was like, now I'm going to peace out, do my own thing, and then the mom took over? I'm going to guess that with the amount of – with the way that they talk about the wealth of that family – like the business acumen and stuff of that family. I don't think that that is a one generation build. I don't think that she could have built that from nothing. I think that she must have had like a really solid, I mean, more than a seed to start with from her, from her family. But I do. Yeah. I do think that she is the kind of the, the mastermind of the business today. I get that. Yeah. Solid. But I don't know. Well, we're getting more more into the family of Jumpio, so who knows when the other parental will show up. Yeah. But as long as he does, I think, make some character growth from these challenges, because you can see that Junhee's really trying to get him to learn how to be a proper man. I know. I think she even goes through a checklist of things that are dislikable in people, which is like being selfish, being unkind, holding grudges. Oh, yeah. And Jumpio's just like not getting that she's referring to him. You're so right. That's, oh, what a mess. Little brothers, man. What are you going to do? I'm just kidding. Mine's the best. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But Uh, another another cute thing that developed with these challenges is Jandi and Jihu are getting a little closer because that scene where she brings him, I think it was porridge or soup. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love this moment. It was so cute. So she, so Jandi and her bestie Gayul work at this like porridge restaurant, soup restaurant, whatever. Um, and uh, with this other dude who's like, kind of a weirdo but we kind of like him and i also don't understand how this business is running because the girls are like always running off and doing whatever they want to do so anyway so she goes and she she gets permission to like go off work um and bring jihu porridge to support him in the car race challenge you know before uh like while they're practicing and stuff because she knows you know how hard it is for him and she's really worried about him and she's trying to tell him that like you know it's okay like you don't have to do this for me like you don't have to keep looking out for me like you know i can i can handle it like i didn't grow up rich i didn't expect to go to the school i didn't really ask for any of this it just kind of happened and like i'll be okay like you don't need to worry about me and he's like no i will i will worry about you and i will take care of you and uh and so yeah and so she she brings in porridge and and she has it like and she goes up and they're like at this overlook point that you know watching watching Gujin Pyo go around the track and uh and she has it in like her bag or whatever and he kind of he kind of looks over after they talk for a minute and he's like is that for me and she's like oh yeah and so she gives it to him and she just kind of like watches him eat and it like makes her happy and it makes him happy it was so cute i loved it oh i love them i want them to be okay and together i know i'm with you i am with you (sighs) ah lamore you know what i'm afraid of what i'm afraid that there's not enough drama between them there's so much drama between her and Gujin Pyo that I think this is my prediction. I think that is the direction. That there'll be drama between Jandi and Jihu. Oh, but how? How? Oh, see, Hyun comes back. What if she comes back? No, 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 no. No, my prediction is that when I say drama, I mean like like dramatic tension, like like romantic plot lines that aren't just, like they have they have an 
uh, except for So Hyung, they have like almost an easy sort of, they're so easy going with each other. Like they get along so well, you know? Um, and the the romantic level of that has definitely taken time. You know, it's very slowly building. But there's so much kind of romantic tension and plot lines going on with John Dee and Gu Jun-pyo that I think that Endgame is going to be her and Gu Jun-pyo. Oh, so Jun-pyo will be her husband and then Ji-hoo would be her soulmate. I think he's her soulmate. It would make sense with how easy their relationship is, like their free-flowing conversations, how they are around each other. Oh, I'm not going to like Kat. I feel like you have to kill him off if you're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my heart is breaking. Well, I guess we're just going to have to watch and see what happens. We need to know what John D says to Gu Jun-pyo. Absolutely. Like, oh my gosh, is it is it going to be an apology? Is it going to be a screw you, we're going to win tomorrow, see you then in the water, bro, peace out? Who knows? Yeah. Oof. But I, I have to say, I absolutely love <laughs> for the challenges, especially the swimming challenge. Gail is hardcore trying to sabotage Junpyo's teams. And so for the swimming challenge, she wants to put laxatives in the porridge for Yijun and Wubin. <laughs> Uh, she's listen. She is she is behind her bestie, like come hell or high water, and I love that for her. I love that for them. It's so good. Well, then she also she goes to Yijun and asks him to throw the race, and he's he's straight up no. What what are you doing here? I am not gonna do that. And he walks away from her dramatically at the swimming pool. Actually, no, he doesn't walk away. He dives into the water, but it wasn't a smooth dive. It was kind of like a half dive belly flop. It looked a little painful. I'm not gonna lie. Is this uh? Is this a sign? Is this a sign letting us know who's going to be winning this race and losing this race? I mean, it could be. I mean, John D is a competitive swimmer, so she's got that on her side. She's got the regularity of swimming. And she's pretty feisty. We'll see. Well, and I mean, let's be honest. Like, are they really going to get kicked out of school? Like, I think that John D's side has to win, you know, somehow, whatever, because I don't think that they can get kicked out of school. I, I think that that would just be too problematic for the long-term plot lines. <laughs> yeah, then the rest of it just takes place in her family's laundromat. <laughs> right. Because they spend, they, they spend too much of their time in school. So they have to stay. Uh, yeah, I think the relationships have to develop. All right. So that's our that's our prediction then for episode eight is that John D and Jihoo win the ra- third race. Okay. Okay. Wait. I think either they will win or something is going to happen in this conversation that is going to lead Gu Junpyo to decide that they don't need to do a third challenge. He's willing to accept them staying, whatever, whatever. But I, I think that they're gonna they're gonna stay in school somehow. But they trained so hard, Kat. They put in the Wait, reps. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So okay, I I could see that, but I I kind of hope they do race in the next episode. I want to see it. I want John D to win because she is, she has all of this stuff like working against her and she's, you know, up against these, she's hanging out with these boys and they're so rich and they're so entitled and they're so like skilled in like all of these different ways. You've got like a genius musician and a genius artist and a genius business child who's on the cover of Forbes. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, like, She's she's just this she's like a regular girl. Yeah, I don't know. I just I want I want her to win. And she keeps having to get saved. I don't want her to get saved. I want her to I want her to win. I think it would also be great for her to win because then she has her own street cred at the school. 
that's hers and not her by association. Oh, that would be interesting. That would be really nice. I would like for that to happen. If she like kind of becomes, you know, like an entity in her own right uh, within the school like hierarchy. I would love that. Yeah, agreed. But we'll see. I'm very curious as to how that will play out. And I really want Junhee to stick around longer because I think she's good for Jinpyo. <laughs> I do too. I think, I think he needs her. Oh, do you think there's going to be – do you think there will ever be any plot lines with Junhee? Like, oh, wait. You said she's married. I didn't really remember that part. She's married? I believe she's married. I think someone made a comment. She's married to one of the wealthiest hotel owners in the world. Oh, well, that actually makes sense that her mom would marry her off like right away. I believe it's the gossip girls who are commenting on that because they're commenting on how much they want to be like her. Ugh, I hate those yeah. girls. I know. <laughs> whenever, they, whenever they pop up, it's going to be a rough time of insults. Seriously. And can we talk? Okay, listen. Can we just, I'm just going to be a jerk for a minute. Can we talk about how like they wear too much makeup to like look like their makeup doesn't suit their features. Like their blush is like way too heavy. And and then they have these like, they always have all these like accessories and things that are just not flattering. And I know they probably do it on purpose, but it's just, ugh. I mean, I know like the costume department probably does that on purpose, but I just, it just irritates me. There is a level of tackiness about them. Precisely. I think it's a sense of they want to appear to be the it girls that they want everyone else to want to be like them, but right. they end up becoming a caricature of what an it girl is. Mm, yeah, I think that, yeah, I agree. It's funny because like the way that they're acting, they're like, they're the, you know, kind of the queen bees of the school and stuff. And they do seem to have a certain amount of power in terms of the school hierarchy, but really they're like wannabes. Like they're not going to make anything of themselves post-school. No, they themselves look up to Sihyung and Junhee and they want to be like them, those women. But when you look at them side by side, these are just mean girls. Yeah, nobody really like thinks too much about them. Oh, Kat, what if they get a great character arc? No way. Can you imagine? I mean, listen, I would love it if they did. I love the character arcs of, you know, somebody who starts out, you know, we think that they're a total jerk and then you get to really see underneath and, and they have, you know, like moral development love that love that plot line every time somehow i just don't think that that's going to happen for them <laughs> not in this show cat what if they have their crown prince moment like from alchemy of souls and they have their own little turtle oh my gosh okay you guys listen if you have enjoyed listening to us talk about this k-drama you do not know what a k-drama is until you have watched alchemy of souls we are so obsessed with the show it's like historical fantasy romance what would we call yeah that's kind of the genre it is perfection it has thank you magic it has fighting it has romance it has comedy it has dramatic moments it has plot twists it has deception it has oh. betrayal it has it oh my gosh there wow i just i can't even ugh, what a good show <laughs> it is an absolutely amazing show and honestly it was my first k-drama ever and so kat thank you for setting the bar so high for me i you am grateful you are so welcome and actually i just remembered it's so good that they made a second season for it which they is did. pretty unusual and rachel you might not know this but it's pretty unusual with k-dramas they usually have one season the season might be quite long but it's usually one season and they made two they made two for Souls. it's so good everybody should watch oh I love it. Yes. I'm very grateful because the ending was perfect of the series finale. It was perfection. Anyway, no spoilers, people, but go watch it. It's it's good for you. It's good for your souls. It's chicken soup. Preach. 
<laughs> All right, Kat, do you have a favorite line by any chance for this episode? It might be when Gaiul was trying to figure out ways to sabotage Junpyo, but I don't have like an exact word for word line. How about you? Oh, wait, no, I do. I do have one. I do have a favorite line. It was when the little brother, when John D's little brother, he kind of outs her to the family and he he tells the family that she cheated on Kujun Pyo with Ji and now they're both going to be expelled and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, and he's her little brother. Like this kid is probably like 10, 11 years old, something like that. Like he is a precocious, you know, child. And, uh, and he goes, he goes, I, you know, Nuna, I didn't, I didn't raise you to be this way. I don't, I don't remember raising you to be this way. I'm so disappointed. (laughs) And and she's, you know, she's like 17 and he's like 10. It was, it was really cute. I liked it. Because Kat, you know, our younger siblings do raise us. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Okay. I can't argue with that. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite line was when Gail is plotting to put laxatives in the porridge. So that way, Wubin and Yijang get the runs. And the owner of the porridge shop is so horrified by this. And his reaction to Gail is, the line was, you can't use the holy porridge for such an evil crime. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good one. That was a good one. I think his reactions, uh, having his scenes come up in this episode, the owner of the porridge shop, it was, it was a highlight. I think he's just adorable and a little nerdy and he just helps in random ways, but is also kind of he's a, an excellent side character. Truth. I love it. Those are our favorite lines. Do you have any dramatic moments that we thought were good? Uh, yeah, the ending. The ending. The most dramatic <gasps> moment. Yes, when he's holding her in that long embrace. Ah, oh, oh, it was so good. Oh my God. And he just really, like, he just really revealed his heart in a way that was much more epic than when he <laughs> quote unquote revealed his heart in the helicopter. <laughs> For real. He is slowly kind of like a like Shrek, the onion layers are being peeled away. Yes. Cause let's just remember it was not that long ago that he was asking her to be, or he wasn't even asking her. He was saying magnanimously, like, oh, you can be my secret girlfriend. Oh my god, he was so annoying. Yeah, that was not that long ago. He is growing. We are peeling away the layers. Very slowly, but assuredly making progress, which is great. We're excited for this. Though you're right, the kicking of his car team, that was a major red flag. Yeah, seriously, we don't like physical abuse. We don't like physical violence. We disapprove. It's a two steps forward, one step back thing, right? No. (laughs) It's more than one step back. (laughs) Yeah. You're right. You're right. Well, to balance that out, I think the cutest moment was when Jihu takes Jondi's face in his hands and he kisses her forehead very slowly and sweetly. I did really like that. But also it was kind of a plot. You know, it wasn't like he was doing that deliberately to provoke Junpyo. So it wasn't like quite as lovely as I might have wished. Love that it happened, but I don't know. For cutest moment, I think my cutest moment was, because I am such a fan of Jihu, I think that it was when when she gave him the porridge and they were they were watching Gujim Pio race. Yeah. Car racing, bringing everyone together. Yeah, everyone except the poor car team. That was wild that they had a four-man team because they didn't even need to change tires. Well, I suppose they prepped the engine. I, I don't know. I don't, you're, you're the one who watches F1. <laughs> I love F1. 
I know. I was really happy to see the car race in this because it just oh, did it bring the season you back? For F1, <laughs> brought me back. The season for F1 is going to be starting soon. Uh, for those who don't know, F1 is not a team of bullies like in this K drama F4. F1 is short for Formula One. It is an amazing <laughs> elite motorsport. It is the fastest cars on the planet. And we'll see if Max Verstappen gets championship again this year. I am dying. I did not even make the connection between F4 and F1. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I think F4 is actually a motorsport because there's F1, there's F2, which is the league below F1, there's F3, uh, there's Formula E, which is for the electric cars. Uh, there might be an F4 in real life, but actual car racing. <laughs> anyway, with that note, we'll see what happens uh, in the racing teams. I don't know if racing teams have cool names like that, but <laughs> the two versus two for the next episode will be what our next exploration will be. Oh no, a great episode. It was good. It was good. Very solid. All right, Kat. I think we need to go figure out what John D says to Junpyo in that park. I his. think that we do. Uh, we will catch you on the flippity, 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 flip, flippity, flip after we pause recording to watch the next episode <laughs> because we cannot control ourselves. Oh, it's a good life, Kat. What can I say? I mean, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> All right, y'all. On to episode eight. Thanks for joining the T and K drama conversation. See you next time here on the T and Gauntlet Network.